This message is called The Overcomer's Crown. And I want to talk to you about being an overcomer and how important it is that everybody's calling in life as a believer is to overcome. There is a crown that every person who overcomes receives. Every day of your life, when you overcome something, a diamond or a jewel is placed in that crown. So that on the day you die, you will not take your house with you, your clothes with you. You will not take your, even your dogs with you. You will not take anybody with you when you die. You will only take the pieces of Jesus with you that you have acquired and obtained through obedience to the will of God. You will not go empty-handed. You will take that which you have done in your body and that which you have done in your soul, mind, spirit, and through deeds and actions. Those are the things that you will take up with you, which are called wood, uh, gold, silver, and precious stones. And the things that are wrong that, that you take with you are wood, hay, and stubble. They are thrown in a fire and burned up. You don't want to go to heaven empty-handed. You want to go to heaven with the crown that you can lay at the feet of Jesus and say, this is all you, Jesus, because of you, because of the Holy Spirit, because of your power. I was able to live the life that you created me to live. And that is the life of an overcomer. Praise God. Think about how many things come your way every day that are temptations in your life. You don't want to do those things, but you don't have the power to stop yourself from doing them. Things go on in life and you can't stop it. There are so many things you have to overcome in this world. And God has created each one of us with the power to overcome them. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Romans 8, 37, through Jesus, with Jesus, by Jesus, you are more than conquerors. Praise the Lord. And then 1 John 5, 14, because of faith, we overcome the world. So we have living inside of us the seed of overcomers. You are an overcomer. Whatever you're facing, you can overcome. Whatever battle you're in, you can overcome. Whatever has overcome you for years and years and years, remember that as long as you walk with God, all the problems you have have an expiration date. They are not meant to stay in your life forever. They are there temporarily. Your drinking is temporarily. Your chasing women is temporary. Your drug taking is temporary. Your unforgiveness is temporary. Your lust and perversion is temporary. Your pornography is temporary. Your hating of people is temporary. Your hating of yourself is temporary. Your failures are temporary. Your frustration is temporary. Your weaknesses are temporary. The lies you've told yourself are temporary. The lies you've told other people are temporary. The battles in your marriage are temporary. The fighting and war between you and your children are temporary. The weight is temporary. The fat is temporary. Everything is temporary if we will just keep walking with Jesus day by day and doing the will of God. Your pride is temporary. Your spiritual pride is temporary. Oh, your shame is temporary. Your guilt is temporary. Your condemnation is temporary. Your fear is temporary. Your failures in life, your weaknesses in your personality are temporary. Your shyness is temporary. And all your past 
is temporary. The voice of your past, the lies of your past, the failures of your past, they're all temporary in the hands of God. They cannot live, they cannot survive, they cannot thrive, and they cannot keep going. All of it has an expiration date. Good days are ahead of you because you are God's child. You are the priceless child of God. You are worth whatever God was willing to pay for you. And since he paid with Jesus and Jesus is God, then you are worth what God paid was himself and therefore you are worth what God is worth to himself. That is the value you have, whoever you are, wherever you come from, and whatever you've been through. You cannot value people if you do not see their value. But once you know that all humans have equal value because the price was paid for all humans, good and bad, saved and unsaved, they're all equally valuable to God, and they want, each one wants to be led by the Holy Spirit to the truth which sets us free. Can we take a praise break? Come on, everybody, just praise the Lord a little bit and make me feel like I'm at home. Make me feel like I'm with some brothers and sisters in the Lord. Come on, make a little noise. Make me happy for a little bit. Freaked out on me there a little bit. Revelation 2.7, to him who overcomes, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Who wants to do that? Amen. Overcoming is in our nature. It takes bravery to resist the tyrants within you and the tyrants without you. All your life you have been failing All your life you have been tempted and all of your life you have been compromising. But there comes a point in your life where enough is enough and where you declare war on the enemies inside you that rob you of your joy, steal your peace, and take away the love of God from your life. There comes a day where the tyrants that are in your mind and all the things you battle intellectually lose their voice, lose their authority, and lose their power to persuade you of the lies that they are. One day the Bible enters your mind. It is the medicine of God. It is the sword of God. It is the water of God. It is the fire of God. It is the spirit of God. It is the mirror of God. It is the comfort of God. It is the encouragement of God. And it enters your mind and totally cleans it up and drives out everything that has been in there being built brick by brick by Satan for years and years and years and years. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Though we live in the flesh, we don't walk after it. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Praise the Lord. Let's all say it together now. I am an overcomer. Say it again. I am an overcomer. Whatever you're going through, you're going to overcome. Because you know, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you know that some of you hate certain people and you can't get it out of you and you've tried for years and years. Every time you hear their name or even when you meet a person who has the same name, you hate those people just for having the name of the person that you can't stand. 
And if their name is John, well, you're going to have a lot of battles every day. <laughs> Overcoming honors God. Overcoming honors Calvary. Overcoming protects your children. Overcoming protects your grandchildren. Overcoming protects your money. Overcoming protects your business. Overcoming protects your health. Overcoming protects your sanity. Overcoming protects your mental health, your emotional health, and your well-being. Overcoming protects your children's future. Overcoming protects this church. Overcoming protects the will of God in the church. Overcoming protects heaven for you. Overcoming allows you to be a medicine and a hospital and a deliverer and a miracle and a divine appointment to the people you meet every day out on the street. Overcoming changes your future, it changes your destiny, and it clothes you in divine purpose. Overcoming is necessary in order for you to have joy as a Christian. You cannot have joy if you're defeated every day. You cannot have joy if every battle you fight, you lose. You cannot have joy if everything you're doing in your life is a mistake. Praise the Lord. Am I being too radical, talking too loud, preaching too loud? Am I too energetic? Should I just speak like a professor? So, we have the Bible full of people who didn't overcome. Samson, for example, could not overcome. He was called by God and anointed by God. He was the strongest man on earth. But a woman defeated him because he had a problem with women. He couldn't overcome prostitutes, and so he liked the women, and the women destroyed him. He also liked but light. He couldn't get over it. He just liked drinking and partying all the time. He was the original party animal. And it took away his destiny, blinded him, took away his vision, took away his purpose, and stripped him naked in front of the world. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, could not overcome. What couldn't he overcome? Women. He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. Now, that's not wise. That's not wise. There's no wisdom in having 700 wives. It's, 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 it's technically and, and strategically suicide to have 700 wives and 300 concubines. That is a very gigantic ego that Solomon had, thinking that he could manage 1,000 women and all their wants and needs and desires. Man is created for one woman, and in order to even make it through life with that one woman, that man must have all the gifts of the Holy Spirit in full function all the time because you do not know what that woman is gonna be like on the day that you get home. One day she wants you to talk, and just, just talk for hours and hours about nothing. But you must surf on her words. You must, you must flow with those words. Hey, going, on the, going on that subject. Let's go back to this subject. Go back to that subject. Go over here. And you, you got to enjoy it. You can't fake it. She can spot the fake right away. You got you got Oh, yeah, that's what, what'd she say? Oh, I can't believe they did what? Oh, my God. That's a summer, not a winter color. Oh, oh, oh. But on the next day, 
They don't want to talk. They want you to tell them what they're feeling. Because if you were truly one, you would know them. And you'll say, well, let's talk. Talk, yeah. I always have to explain everything to you. I have to tell you everything. Why don't you just know me? You should know me. You should know what I'm feeling right now. Read me. True love would know. Praise the Lord. Think about it. Think about it. One day they want you to be Char Tarzan and chase them around the house. We men like that. Oh, I mean, it's an, easy, it's an easy thing to get into. You can tell it right away. Oh, it's Tarzan Day. Oh, and they're running and they let you catch them. Praise be to God for those days. Some days they got an attitude. You don't know what's wrong. They're not talking. They're not saying nothing. They're not doing nothing. And you are in, hot, in a hot spot. You're in a tight spot. Because you've got to be able to get through that. These are the wonders of life. And to overcome that takes a miraculous thing. How does a woman overcome a man? For 30 years, you tell him to change the toilet paper, and he won't do it. For 30 years, you tell him to lift the lid, to wipe the lid, to flush the toilet, to get the whiskers out, to change his underwear on a daily basis. Don't wear them for a week. Don't wear them for two weeks. And certainly don't wear them till they fall right off you. This offends women. They take it personally. It hurts their feelings. And certainly you should never have gas in the presence of a woman. This is the best way for a divorce and the surest way. If you're laying in bed, you cannot just let that stuff out of there, knock her off the bed, fill the whole room, kill the dogs, kill the birds, kill the chickens, kill the turkey, kill everything, just because you're just having gas all over the place. A godly man announces when he's got gas. He says, hey, everybody, today I've got gas. I'm just going to stand over here by the door and watch TV from here because I love you and I respect you. That's a godly man. You don't get in the car. You say, hey, I can't sleep in the bed tonight. I got to sleep outside in the car. I ate a lot of frijoles, and those frijoles have really got me, and they're messing me up. Praise the Lord. These are the realities of life, and only religious people can't laugh at funny things like that. Praise the Lord. So let's keep going as we learn about these beautiful things. 2 Timothy 4.8, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day, and not only to me, but unto all them that have overcome and rejoice at his appearing. Revelation 2.11, He who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. Everybody say, that's for me. Then, this is very powerful, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who overcome and who love him. To overcome, uh, those who overcome, uh, behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come very 
fast that no man take away your crown. Protect your crown with obedience. Revelation 3, 5, he who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments and I will not erase his name from the book of life. I will confess his name before my father which is in heaven. Why would God say he wouldn't erase their name if he couldn't erase their name? Get that right there. Honor follows overcomers. 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Revelation 3, 12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore. And I will make and write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. Praise God to him who overcomes. Overcomers are the heroes of the faith. A man that overcomes or a woman that overcomes becomes a hero to their children and to their grandchildren. And for generations, that spirit is passed on to the family. When your child knows that you have overcome something, it puts them in a position to believe God can do anything. When they realize the battles you go through and the trials you face physically, your health, your mind, your emotions, and you don't turn away from God, you don't blame God, you don't accuse God, but you keep faithfully walking with God day after day after day. Even when your prayers are not answered, you overcome and you just keep obeying God and loving God and serving God. And they don't see you turn to the right or left or say there is no God or God, God did this or God made me sick or God killed my child. God did all this. And they don't blame God for the atrocities of life. They just keep walking in love with God and in faithfulness with God. This type of overcoming changes the atmosphere of people's homes and people's lives and the atmosphere of the children are then unconditional obedience and love for God no matter what blessing comes or no matter what goes on you just keep loving God day after day after day all I can tell you that after 50 years of serving the Lord I have nothing to complain about I have been blessed going in I've been blessed coming out I've been blessed in the city I've been blessed in the country I've been blessed in the store. This last year was our biggest, most blessed year we have ever had as a ministry in our entire life. This year has already surpassed last year because God is good and God is faithful and God will lay his hand of favor on you and God will bless your children and he will bless your family and he will encourage you. And no matter what chains you are wearing, he will break those chains off you if you want him to. Unless you have the mind of Satan, which thinks everybody's a con. Everybody has an angle. And there is a material, financial motivation to everything. First of all, godly men don't want to go to hell. Godly women don't want to go to hell. So they don't do things that will send them to hell. 
They live in the righteousness of God and in the love of God and in the obedience of God. And they realize that the only acceptable motive for serving Jesus is love. And the only acceptable motive for living is love. Anything you do to get a thing robs you of that thing. Anything you do that is an ulterior motive for serving God strips you of the reward and benefit of heaven. The only way to gain heaven is to live in love towards people and to love them whether they bless you back or not. The only way to give is when you don't want a reward for it. The only way to tithe is when you don't ask God to give you back a hundred for the ten that you gave him. It is pure unadulterated generosity that moves the hand of God and brings it into your family and home and erases your debt, erases your bondage, erases the trouble in your family, heals your children and gets the entire family saved. Because as long as you have a twisted heart, because you were raised by serpents and snakes, you will never be able to fully commit and surrender to God without condition. The Bible does not work for half-hearted commitment. The Bible only works for everybody who's all in unconditionally. Praise the Lord. Those people are called overcomers. Praise God. It's, we're living in a time that we need to overcome. Whatever battles you're in, you're going to need to overcome them. If you're married, unless you're perfect people who never have an argument or a disagreement, you're going to have a lot of battles. There'll be days when you have to say, you, you know, you're not my favorite person right now. So I kind of need to go be my, by myself and pray and talk to God. Because all the things that I want to say right now are the sound of a hissing serpent. And I'm not going to say them. I'm just going to go talk to Jesus right now and get in the peace of God. Nine out of ten times you realize it's not a fight worth having. Just let it go. It's not going to change anything or make it better. It's just selfishness. Praise God. Look at two people and say, holla, holla. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the man that overcomes or the woman that overcomes, I will grant them to sit down with me on my throne as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Now put your hand on your heart right now, everybody, and say these words. I will overcome all forms of poverty. Now say that to the person next to you. You will overcome all forms of poverty. What type of poverty is there? Well, you have the poverty of money. It is no blessing to not be able to pay your bills. It is a blessing when you can pay your bills, but it's more of a blessing when you can pay other people's bills. Wouldn't it be great if you could find 10 or 12 widows in this town and just say, ma'am, I know you have no family and you don't have a way of paying your bills. I'm going to pay them for you. I'm going to take you to the doctor. I'm going to make sure you have air conditioning and heating. I'm going to make sure that your food is clean and, and pure and that it's all disinfected. And I'm going to send somebody here to uh, clean your house every day and to take care of you. Is that a big sin? Or that takes money. Or you want to feed starving people around town. It takes money to do it. 
Money is necessary. Don't have a religious attitude about money. Just say, I need money, but I'm not going to love money because the, what I'm going to do with money is use it like a weapon and use it to create miracles for people. Money, when it's sanctified, becomes a miracle creator. Somebody gave me millions of dollars to do all the orphanages that I've done around the world, working on the ninth one, and 200 churches that I've built around the world and given away, and medical clinics that I've built and given away. I'm not boasting. I'm not taking the credit for it. I'm telling you this is what Jesus does if he knows that you're an overcomer and that you will do with it what he tells you. I didn't take the money and go buy a horse. I'm not building a, 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 a condo in Hawaii. I don't want to go to hell. And I don't want my 17 grandchildren to go there behind me. No, so we're going to overcome. We're going to overcome poverty. What kind? The poverty of the soul when you have no love. You have no joy and you have no peace inside you. The poverty of wisdom when you can't even figure out the basic things of life. The poverty of morality where you can't even overcome sexual temptation. The poverty of professional businesses where your business can't prosper. Why not have a business that becomes a legend for training other people and teaching other people how to make money and give it to God and the things that God wants to do on planet Earth? Amen. Praise the Lord. Everything requires an overcomer's attitude because that is who God is. We must overcome ignorance every day. We must overcome the ignorance of not knowing what is right and wrong and what to do in the situations we face. We have to overcome family. Sometimes your worst enemies are related to you and you need to know how to get along with them even though they hate you. Praise the Lord. Because there's nothing greater. Man measures success by how much money we make. God measures success by how many ugly people we can make beautiful. That is the sign of an overcomer. Your actual existence becomes a soap to other people. You cleanse the dirt off their heart, soul, and mind. That is called Spiritual wealth. Wealth. Spiritual wealth. Praise the Lord. Then you have to overcome your DNA. Some of you just got messed up when you were born. Your DNA is just messed up. You just want a lot of bad things. You want to smoke reefers. And you have to find a church that lets you do it. And doctrines that will say it's okay. And you want a long reefer. You want a big, giant reefer. You don't just want a little tiny thing you hide like this. You want one of those big ones you can show in public. God is with me. Glory to God. Some people want to take drugs and be blessed by God. Live any way they want. Be blessed by God. All of that. All those false progressive doctrines of demons that will steal the souls of people. Because they base everything on the love of God and they forget the holiness of God and they forget the truth of God's word. Overcoming is not easy because it's overcoming sometimes the very things you love that you've built your entire life on to enjoy life. You have to overcome 
because it's your destiny to do so. Praise the Lord. Folks, if you haven't noticed, the days are not getting lighter. The days are getting darker. The voices that have control of our ears have now become very dark and anti-God. This is not good. So we are going to have to learn to overcome and not to allow our families to be destroyed by the ideas that people come up with. Overcoming ideas is one of our callings in life without being legalistic, religious, superior, holier than thou, and full of all kinds of bull. Praise the Lord. We have to overcome the ideas that come from Satan, such as God will not forgive you for what you did. God will not forgive you. That is a lie of Satan. The idea that because you sinned, you can have no ministry now. That is a lie of Satan. The lie that because you did so many bad things in your past, God would never pick you to do anything. That is a lie from Satan. The idea that God doesn't heal people, that's a sick idea and a lie. The idea that God can't break the chains that are on you, that is a lie from the devil. The idea that God doesn't do miracles and he's asleep somewhere in heaven is a sick idea and it doesn't come from the word of God. And the idea that you're never going to get better, that is a sick idea. With God, all things. Praise the Lord. Let's take a praise break, everybody. Lift your hands and praise God out loud for a little bit. Let him know how much you love him. Come on, tell him I love you, Jesus. You're amazing. Thank you for all the good things you've done in my life. Come on, keep praising him. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. I love you so much. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your blessing. Because River of Life is an overcoming church. River of Life is a victory church. River of Life is a breakthrough church. And River of Life is a healing house and a prayer house and a house of love. That's what River of Life is. Anything contrary to that is an idea of Satan. And we reject it in the name of Jesus. It is not a poor house. It is a blessed house. You're not going to barely get by. You're going to have more than enough to bless people with. God will not feed your selfishness or your greed, but he will feed your generosity. Praise the Lord. You need to overcome your flesh. We have flesh, don't we? We need to overcome people. Some people are very difficult to overcome. God will give you the victory. We need to overcome ourselves, our past, our circumstances, and the devil. Praise God. The Lord is with us. And the weapons and tools of the overcomer are these. One, if you're going to be an overcomer, you have to master repentance. You need to repent all the time. Constantly. As soon as you do something wrong, you need to repent. Say, God, I'm so sorry. How many have ever spoken words to somebody and while they were leaving your mouth, you tried to catch them? <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> I wish I hadn't said that. I just wounded you. I take it back. But they're already wounded. They're already wounded. So you repent. 
You say, I'm so sorry. I will never say those words again. And what joy that person has when 10 years have passed and they've never heard those words again. That's the power of Jesus inside you, the overcomer. Praise the Lord. God knows you cannot do what he's asking you to do without his help. And he will baptize you in the power of the Holy Spirit and enable you to live a life that you cannot take credit for. All the credit will go to Jesus and everybody will blame him for the amazing life that you are living. Can somebody praise the Lord a little bit right now and say, holla, holla, that's what I'm talking about at River of Life Church, the overcoming church. Praise God. This is important. Aligning yourself with the right types of people. You see, when you are young and being mentored, you have to align yourself with people that can teach you and mentor you in the ways of God. As you grow up, you start mentoring people. And then as you grow old, you start fathering people. And you go from a child to a son to a father. You go from a child to a daughter to a mother. And this is the progression of your overcoming life. You can say to an alcoholic who's telling you he cannot overcome, you can say, yes, you can, because I used to be an alcoholic for 25 years. As a matter of fact, they found me on the corner of six and Abernathy over there, flat on my face, drunk. And they brought me in and loved me, and I got delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost, and I have overcome for 25 years because Jesus is in me, and greater is he that is in the world Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Everybody say it. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's no honor in failing. There's only honor in not quitting when you want to quit. Don't run away from your families because you don't like them. Don't stop talking to your children because they disrespect you. Don't abandon your wife because she won't do what you want her to do. Don't walk away from your husband because he is a lazy TV addict bum. It's what you got. Pray it into something better. And better yet, make Jesus the center of your life. Let him fulfill you, satisfy you, and make you happy. And then it won't matter who you're married to. You'll just pour love on them. And sooner or later, brothers and sisters, there are very few people who can handle that kind of love and affection every day, unconditionally. Most of them will break under that and say, I'm going to church with you because I've never seen a woman like you. I've never seen a man like you. You're something else. If I can get what you got, I want it, baby, because you live it. You got fruit hanging on. I treat you like a dog, and you just keep on loving me. That's an overcomer. Praise the Lord. Everyone look at someone near you and say these words. Look at them and say, in the name of Jesus, today, you're going to pay my house off.
Keep looking at him. Say, today, I lay my hand on your shoulder. And you're going to lose 25 pounds right now by the power of God in the name of Jesus. Come on, say, you're going to lose 25 pounds right now before you leave the service. It's going to shrink right off your body. And for all you skinny gluttons that can eat a cow and lose five pounds, lay hands on us. Give us that gift. We want it. We want it. We're not going to condemn you. We want that skinny gift. Just lay hands on it. I want to eat a cow and lose five pounds. Dear Lord Jesus. Don't you think I'd have a great ministry if I could shrink people? Imagine what that would be like. You come up. I say, how how many pounds you want to lose? I'd like to lose 100 pounds right now. Hold your clothes. Hold hold your clothes. They'd be lined up all the way to Milwaukee. (laughs) Praise God. Look at seven people and say, I need $100. Can you spare it right now? Go ahead and look at them and say, just $100. i am not asking for two. I just need $100 right now so I can have the lunch of my lifetime. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Your perspective will make you an overcomer. If you believe, for example, these things, when God is ready to promote you, he will send someone to offend you. If you overcome them, God promotes you. If you don't overcome them, you have to retest. This is a change in perspective. When God is ready to change you, he will ask you to do something you hate. And if you will do what you hate that is right, it will change who you are. This is a change in perspective. When God is ready to equip you, He will ask you to do something you're afraid of. Because as soon as you face your fear, your fear turns into a sword of power in your hand. And you become equipped and qualified where you were a failure every day of your life. Hate is how we make Satan our pastor. You must overcome hate. You must overcome bitterness. You must overcome resentment. You must overcome unforgiveness. Do not let it take root. It'll make you a slave and a prisoner of complaining. You will complain every day. That's how you know you have unforgiveness is you can't stop complaining. Because people who do not trust God with their life complain about it. People who trust God have gratitude because they know whatever's going on, God is going to work it out. Romans 8, 28. For God makes all things to work together for your good if you are called according to God's purpose and if you love God. Two requirements for everything to work out in your life. Love him. And do his purpose for your life. Then he makes it work out. He didn't just make it work out. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody and say, I I don't know what to say. (laughs) Say it out loud, everybody. I'm an overcomer. 
Come on, proclaim it right now to everybody. Say, I'm an overcomer. Praise God. How many have ever had to overcome food? Oh, it's a weakness. We get defeated constantly. Have you ever been to an airport and smelled the Cinnabon through the brick? While you were landing, you could already smell the Cinnabon. You know that they have a Cinnabon in that airport. And you can... And you're just like a, like a, like a, a bloodhound. It leads you right to it. And you know you shouldn't eat it because you're a diabetic. But you do. It's dripping from the sides as you go into shock. Overcoming. That's what Christianity is about. Life is not beautiful when you're defeated. Life is not worth living when you're defeated. Life is not a joy when you're always at the bottom of the pile of the things that life throws at you. It's time for us to rise up and declare that we shall be slaves no more. It's time to rise up and say we shall no longer be in chains. We will no longer be hindered. We will not be put in jails of our mind or in prisons of our heart. We shall no longer be put in places of darkness and bondage and hopelessness and futility. We must declare our freedom with a loud voice. We must lift up our voices and say enough is enough like the children of Israel did after 430 years of slavery. They said we have had it and they began to groan and cry and sigh and it says God heard their groaning and came down and delivered them from their oppressors and from their taskmasters. Everybody say it. My freedom is coming. Come on, everybody. Say it out loud. My freedom is coming. I will be free to do what God has called me to do. When I was 17, I got saved chasing a girl down the street. And a long story short, uh, I went to school, hadn't been to church. I just started telling everybody what happened to me. They saw the change in my life. So they asked me for the address of the tree and what I prayed. They went there, prayed the same thing, and they would come back saved. And I didn't know that's what it was called because I hadn't been to church. We had almost 90 athletes saved in about three months. We all had big family-sized Bibles that we carried around school. But this is the football team, basketball team, and so on. And so nobody said anything to us. They just walked around us. We didn't read the Bible because I thought the Bible had magic. Because my mother told me, don't ever read the Bible because you will go insane. So we would just carry them. And I would tell them, don't read it. Just look at the pictures. But we had those big Bibles. This got out as I was the captain of the football team and the quarterback of the football team, and I used to call signals in tongues just to scare the opposing team, and all the linemen would too because everybody got baptized in the Holy Spirit on the football team. So I'm sitting there, I mean, it will freak you out when you're just a normal person looking at some.
A preacher calls me. I haven't been to church yet. He said, I heard what's happening at school. I'd like you to come and give your testimony. I said, I didn't see anything, and I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the neighborhood I grew up in, you didn't see things. Period. So he said, no, no, no. I mean, just tell them what God is doing. I said, what is God doing? <laughs> tell me. I don't know. He said, well, just tell them what's happening. I can tell them what's happening, but I don't know what it means. So I show up three months later on my 10-speed bike. I have hair down to here, holes in my jeans, a T-shirt. I think that had a hole in it. And there was 3,000 people there. So I said, I'm in the wrong place. I'm looking for a little room with four people. I found a janitor. He said, no, they're here for you. They're here for me. I got diarrhea right on the spot. <laughs> this was my first preaching engagement. Have any of you ever had diarrhea? Because you're looking at me like you're so holy that that terrible thing has never touched you. You don't act normal when you have diarrhea. You don't. You, if you have diarrhea in a car, you don't just tell a stranger driving, hey, pull over, I got diarrhea right now. No, you try to hold everything. Praise God. Mm. So I was in the bathroom hiding in the, the stalls, and the preacher came by. Now, I hadn't been to church, so I didn't know you couldn't cuss. I was still cussing all day, all day long. So he said, are you coming out? I said, you son of a mama, you lying son of a boom, boom. I mean, I really had an anointing for cussing, like some of you do. And he said, what are you going to do? I said, you lied to me. You tricked me. You said a few people, like four. He said, no, I never said four. I said, there's thousands of people out there. And I saw the TV stations. I saw the radio people. They're all here. I said, he said, yeah, they know you. They're all here. What are you going to do? I said, I got diarrhea. <laughs> I wonder if some people will leave church because I mentioned diarrhea. That would really be sad on your behalf if you own a TV then you're watching nudity all day long just on the commercials. You should be able to handle the word diarrhea. I said, I guess I'm going to do it. And I'm sitting there on the stage shaking with diarrhea. And I'm just... And the guy playing the piano was dressed in a white suit. And he sang like Elvis Presley. He even had the curl. How, and it did this, how sweet. I said in my mind, how can I, how can I compete with Elvis Presley? <laughs> he called me up and it all went blank. I just, because you know when you have, you can't just walk normal. You, you, you're, you're very careful walking. And I walked up there and all the cameras and everything. And all I could hear was the name Jesus. And I closed my eyes and I just screamed, Jesus! And they all screamed it back. They thought I was like doing a thing. I screamed it a second time. And the second time I felt better. And then I screamed it a third time and I felt like a needle. Here it went that quick. 
boom, all the fear left, the diarrhea left, and I was instantly healed, and I talked for an hour and a half on the tree. 3,000 people, ladies and gentlemen. I gave an altar call without knowing I was giving one. All I said was, how many of you want the address to the tree? And 700 people came forward. And from that day, 50 years now, we've been winning souls around the world. Because Jesus knows what your giant looks like. He knows what your monsters are like. He knows what your parasites are like. He knows what the evil that dwells in your DNA is like. He knows what your mind is like and your failures are like. He knows the hate you carry for your dad or for brothers and sisters or for others who have used and abused and violated you. He knows all of it. And he still says to you, you will overcome. Can we say it out loud as I close? Everybody say it. We will overcome. Come. Say it again, everybody. We will overcome. Now say to two, three people around you, you will overcome. Tell them out loud. You will overcome. One more time. You there's power in dwelling in the Word of God and in dwelling in unbroken fellowship with God. It gives you power to overcome as you dwell in it and live in it and walk in it. Let's Close our eyes for a minute for privacy's sake, not for a religious reason, and play my song, would you? And I just want you to think about where you're at in your life today. You came to church for many different reasons today. You may be here simply because you're tired of being home. You may be here because you love God and can't stand not being with God's people. Turn that up a bit. You may be here because you just needed to hear some worship and praise and you needed to sing. Or you wanted to hear the word of God preached to you. You needed some encouragement to lift you up. You may be here because you have nowhere else to go. Or you may be here because somebody dragged you here at the point of a threat. They said, if you don't come, you can't stay here. But whatever the reason for you to be in church, realize that God has an agenda for your blessing and wholeness and to help you. He knows the battles you're facing. He knows the struggles you're facing. Turn that up a bit. He knows everything that you're going through. He knows the anxiety that attacks you in the middle of the night sometimes and you can't sleep. He knows every one of you that has bad dreams and nightmares. And you don't know how to get rid of them. He knows about those of you that worry about your family that's not saved and doesn't know God. And you can't imagine them not going to heaven or ever not seeing them again. He knows those of you that can't forgive yourself for what you've done. And you can't imagine that God would ever he also knows all of you that are angry right now and mad at God. You blame God because you believe he has all the power there is and he could stop anything at any moment. And you can't get past those thoughts. He knows all of you that are afraid every day. All day you're afraid. Fear never leaves you. All day long you're afraid of something. 
You're afraid of a heart attack. You're afraid of being crippled and left in a wheelchair or incapacitated on a bed, on a tube. You're afraid of death in all of its different forms. It's a reality. These are real things. You're afraid of losing your house. You're afraid of not having money. You're afraid of going to hell. But God is here and He is a healer and a deliverer and He doesn't want you to be afraid anymore. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I will hold your hand. Do not look to the right. Do not look to the left but look into my face. For I am your champion. I am the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I rescued you once, I can do it again. I broke your chains once, I can break them again. I will set you on my rock, the rock of ages. You shall not be moved and you shall not be shaken. For my hand reaches out to you right now and I draw you out of the waters that are looking to drown you. And I set you in a large place and a broad place. I put you in a place of peace and security. I put you in a place of liberty and freedom. Trust me, rely on me, depend on me. I will never leave you or forsake you. And I will not abandon you in your hour of battle and need and trouble for I am the Lord your God it's the time now it's the time now I want you to think as I ask you this question are you 100% sure that if you died today you would go to heaven can you say without any doubt at all, if you are totally honest, can you say, I know without any doubt that if I die right now, if I die today, I'll go straight to heaven. Because if you are here and you say, I don't know, I'm not 100% sure that if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. But you want to go to heaven. You want to wake up every morning and know deep inside you, if I die today, I'm going to go to heaven. You have that desire. You want that to happen. But you're not sure. I am going to ask you to do something very easy and very simple right there where you're sitting. If you want to go to heaven when you die, and if you want to have that peace, deep inside you where nobody can take it from you all I'm going to ask you to do right now as you're sitting there right in that chair if you want to go to heaven when you die all I want you to do right now is for you to lift your hand high enough for me to see and then I'm going to pray for you and God is going to do a miracle oh my gosh Look at all the hands going up, God. Stretch them up so God can see them because he said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. But if you're not ashamed of me, I'll confess your name to my Father. 
Stretch those hands up and make peace with heaven. Look at those hands, Lord, everywhere. Going up, going up, going up. Now, if you lifted your hand, I just want you to stand right there where you're at and let me pray for you. Would you stand quickly and let God see you? Let God see you standing up. Let the angels see you. Let everybody see you. Don't be ashamed of it. Just stand up and say, I need to do this, Lord. People are standing everywhere. I count 26 people standing up. Now listen, you may say, oh, that is wonderful. And that is wonderful. That is wonderful. But there's three more people sitting there. I can sense it in my spirit. This is what I do. I'm not just bragging. This is what I do. I'm not practicing. There's at least three more people sitting there who do not know for sure they're going to go to heaven. They did not lift their hand and they haven't stood up. So I'm going to ask all of you that are sitting down to do something. Help me help them. Simply do this. Ask everybody around you. Are you 100% sure you're going to heaven? If they say, I don't know, say, I'll stand up with you right now. And let's see if we can get those three people to stand up because they really want to do it. Sometimes people need a friend. To help them. Would you do that now? And just stand up with those people right now. When they say I don't know. Praise the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Every soul matters. Every life matters. And you are worth God's time. Are you ready? Thank you. Keep standing. Now, look at me for one second, everybody. May I have the privilege and honor of praying with you? Would you give me your permission? If you do, would you just wave your hand at me? May I pray for you? May I lead you in a prayer? I will not embarrass you or make you say anything to anybody. But I would like to look in your eyes when I pray for you. If that's okay. Would you do this for me? Would you simply walk up here to the front, please? Just leave your chair and walk up here. Separate as much as you want or do whatever. Walk right up here. Give them a hand as they're coming. Come on, leave those chairs and walk up here. Give them a hand as they come up here. Walk up. And I want you to clap like your mother was coming up here. Or like your daddy was coming up here. Like someone was coming up here that you love and that you care about. I'll wait for you. I'll wait for you. Come on. Come on. Think of your mother. Think of your dad. Think of your brother. Think of your son or your daughter. These are somebody's sons and daughters, somebody's mother, somebody's grandmother, somebody's father. Two things must happen now for this not to be a religious thing. Two things must happen. First, you have to be forgiven. And you have to believe that you are. But God knows 
that some of you forgiveness is not going to be enough because you'll know God still knows everything and remembers everything so when you leave you'll be forgiven but you'll still know God knows everything you did so God does something extra he doesn't just forgive you but he makes himself forget what you did God forgets what you did are you listening to what I'm saying God doesn't just forgive you he forgets what you did so he doesn't even have it in his memory it's erased from his memory just as if you never did it because that is the perfect forgiveness that each one of us needs you notice that with people sometimes you they forgive you and then when you hurt them again they bring up everything you did for the last 20 years because they can't forget God forgets you walk out of here you walk free with no monkeys on your back we have two kinds of people up here those that are saved with doubts and those that have never crossed the bridge this is their first time both things are gonna get resolved you have to do these two things forgive everybody that hurt you Jesus said if you won't forgive I won't forgive forgive unforgiveness is unforgivable and secondly you must forgive yourself give yourself a break so you can start over again praise the Lord what I'd like you to do audience is to stretch your hands out as a form of blessing to anyone you know not a general like this but specifically towards someone you know or someone you feel drawn to while you're praying and let's all pray together would you all pray with us as well let's say the prayer and mean it from the heart dear God in heaven I reject Satan and his plans for my life I turn my back on the world and everything I like about it that you don't like I accept you Jesus as my Savior and also my Lord I forgive all those that have hurt me throughout my life I let the hate go I let the resentment go and I let the bitterness go I let the desire to watch them suffer go and now God I forgive myself I forgive myself everything I'm ashamed of everything I feel guilty about anything I'm afraid of God that will keep me from you I forgive myself wash me in your blood cleanse me of my sin write my name in the Lamb's book of life in the name of Jesus I'm gonna go to heaven when I die 
And I'm going to live in heaven while I live. Now is the first day of the rest of my blessed life. Say it again, everybody. I'm going to heaven when I die. Would you all turn around for a moment and face the church? Don't sit down. Just turn around. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, can I present to you the men, women, and children that have been acquitted? They have been forgiven. They have been cleansed and purified. Their debts have been washed away. Their names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And now they need the love of God, the family of God, and the blessing of God in their lives in the name of Jesus. Pass all those things out. As they're passing those things out, everybody, let me close with this thought. Your best life is one decision away. Your best life is one decision away. Praise the Lord.